Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everyone, to the X-Cast. The truth is in here. I am your host, Tony Black, for our third episode of coverage of My Struggle 3, the season premiere of Season 11 of The X-Files. And uh, joining me for this discussion of the bad guys is <laughs> Andrew Blaker once again. So uh, thanks for thanks for coming down this dark road with me, Andrew. Oh, well, thank you for welcoming me down this dark road. <laughs> <laughs> In which we'll be talking about the uh, cigarette-smoking man, Boo Hiss. Monica Reyes... Boo hiss. Maybe even more, actually. I'm really annoyed about Monica, but we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that. And um, not such a villain, although maybe he's going down that way. Good old skin man, Walter Skinner. Oh, Skinner. <sighs> well, <sighs> let's um, let's talk about the big man first. Let's talk about the smoking man, because obviously he is a central figure with My Struggle 3. And it's it's one of those things that when he came back, obviously, in season 10, after... Everyone went, how on earth can you possibly bring him back? You know, he had his face burned off at the end of The Truth. That surely was it. And obviously he comes back. You briefly see him in My Struggle. You obliquely see him in Babylon. And then you see him in My Struggle too. But in this episode is his struggle. And I think, I mean, I don't know about you. I think this is the best we've seen of The Smoking Man probably since... I'd say Requiem, at least. Yeah, well, Requiem was his, I mean, last big episode. Um, I mean, he had a he had a speech in the truth when he was killed, and I'm sorry, badly burned. And um, you <laughs> yeah. know, he he had good stuff with Mulder and My Struggle too, which is now just a dream and or a hallucination of Scully's. And um, no, this this was really his episode. I do think we should point out we probably ought to be calling him by his his appointed name. I mean, yes. we were we were given it at the very beginning of the episode. Well, well, th- well this is something I was going to get to because I mean, the, 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 the teaser the teaser of this episode is great. I mean, it's what it's one of the best. Te- it's definitely the best opening struggle teaser, which is obviously each one. First, it was Mulder, then it was Scully. Now it's the Smoking Man, and it's a monologue, and it's you know it's it's a description of that person. You know, it's an introduction. My name is Fox Mulder. My name is Dana Scully. The Smoking Man's name. Isn't CGB Spender, oh. which we'd been led to believe. It is Carl Gerhard Bush. Now, it is, yeah. Now that, I mean, <laughs> let, let's, let's just stop and analyse that surname for a start. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> what the hell is Chris Carter trying to say here? Is he trying to say that he's, a, he's George Bush's brother, like George Bush Sr.'s brother? <laughs> I mean... I think, I think there's a different spelling. I think it's more the German Bush... Yeah, okay. With the C. Probably. But but the, yeah. the, the the inference is almost certainly yeah. a nod to the Bush dynasty, isn't it? You know. Oh yeah. Um, well you have footage of, of of 
George W. and and his father in uh, in the monologue. So yeah, I mean, very clearly, there's a hint there. It's it, I, I thought I thought his opening monologue was 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 really good actually, and I think it, it it's the most on the nose that Chris Carter has got about how he's taking a cue from. You know the politics of the day, and you know season season ten operated in a funny little space because it was it was right at the end of the Obama administration, which was you know pretty much it was one of those funny American uh, presidencies. Which as 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 a non-American, I can I can comment on in this way. Everyone loved Obama who didn't live in America. <laughs> in America, I'm well aware that he was a very divisive figure, and it's one of the reasons why we've ended up with Donald Trump wherever we sit on the on the spectrum of Donald Trump. It's one of the reasons we now have the most contentious presidency in many years. Um, and so so season 10 operated in this funny space. Obama was about to leave. Trump had, hadn't come in. And we hadn't quite had this, over the last two years, this sudden, you know, remarkable shift in the way everything seems to have happened, you know. So it, it's interesting how now... Chris Carter seems to be operating with the Smoky Man in an entirely different landscape than the one that he started in, in season 10. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, there are um, <clears throat> certainly cons- uh, concerns that were voiced in my struggle, uh, government surveillance, uh, whistleblowing, things that are very much still in play. But, you know, the whole uh, f- quote-unquote fake news and alternative facts and all those buzzwords that are thrown around today that you have, you know, CSM use in one way or another this episode that's all pretty new terrain at least in the popular consciousness and i thought that he did a pretty effective way of communicating that i would say better than my struggle my struggle had Mulder and tad o'malley's you know five minute diatribe about how you know you know, deep state or whatever is gonna you know militarize the police and take over the world and and everything which was very in your face that we didn't have that with this. And I thought that was a better way to handle it on Chris Carter's part. Yeah. I, th- I think it was, it was a bit more, it, was, it wasn't quite as heavy handed, you know, it was yeah, more yeah. mythological again. I and mean, I think this is one of the things with the smoking man that has always been that element of myth, myth and apocrypha. And, you know, there, there was some great little callbacks to things like the musings of a cigarette smoking man in which, you know, in, in his monologue, smoking man heavily suggests that he, he killed JFK and and the wonderful fact that he he faked the moon landings, which is just so, it's it's almost comical in that sense. But it 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 works because it's selling this point that the smoking man has always been fake news. He's always been misinforming. He has always been lying. And you know the the telling thing is that the tagline changes from not even the truth is out there. It starts as I want to believe, and then it very quickly shifts into I want to lie, which is very much Chris Carter saying. Don't believe anything necessarily that this man says because he is the master manipulator. He is the master liar, the grandmaster of it. And we we can't take anything he says at face value, which fits very, very well with the overarching ideas of post-truth and fake news and misinformation and this idea of a very structured narrative that fits whatever you want it to fit. And the smoking man, in a way, has always been doing that. But now it's... <laughs> It's it's something that is very it's very easy for Chris Carter to draw on in the real world, and I th- I thought I thought that was really 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 well done with the Smoking Man. It it, it makes him a, a villain comparable to some of the people that exist in the real world today in, in 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 just more of an extreme way. Yeah, no, I thought the way they set him up this episode was pretty good because, like you said, this was this was 
basically the reintroduction to um, cigarette smoking. Man, you had a little bit of it in season ten, but not from not from his perspective, not told in this way. And I think this gives this gives William B. Davis a real chance to to get back into that character. I mean, he did it a bit in My Struggle too, but for me, this was classic smoking man all the all the way through. A bit like how Mulder felt like classic Mulder a bit more. This was this was CSM to a T. You know, just just the lines, the delivery, you know, it, it, everything just felt like some of the stuff he used to say. You know, or, or the, some of the scenes that he used to have in many ways. Yeah, there was a bit more exposition. It's a bit more loaded, I suppose. You know, there's a little bit more of a soap opera element to it as well, which isn't always great. But it it was he got some really good meat to chew on. I think William B. Davis has even said as much that he that he he really enjoyed some of the some of the dialogue he got in this and some of the. Some some of the choices made, and obviously the big choice is what we talked about in the previous episode, which is what he did to Scully, or what it, apparently he did to Scully. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the question is, is it true? I mean, th- this this is the thing. The whole the whole episode is based around this idea of lies. The tagline yeah. says, "I want to lie." Yes. When he yes. says, "I am William's biological father," is he lying to Skinner? You know, is he telling the truth? I mean, where where do, where do you stand on this? I, I don't think that when we get to episode 10, this is still going to stand. I think he's throwing it in there. Um, like you said, the tagline, I want to believe, turns to I want to lie. It, this is set up you know, um, as his struggle, his story, his perspective, so it's going to be biased. It could be complete, outright you know, BS. But um, there's many ways that Carter could go with this, and I think... What he's going to do in in my well, I don't know if I think or I hope what he's going to do. I don't know. He could have been the the science. What was that? What was that phrase? He did he actually say the word? I impregnated her with science. Did he say that? <laughs> he did. I'm afraid. I think he did. I saw that in a review after, and I'm like, now was that really said? Because if so, that oof, that that there's the the classic Carter dialogue. But yeah. Um, you know, if he did in fact impregnate her with science, maybe what it's going to be is that he he made her. You know, he didn't actually impregnate her, but he he had. I'm losing the words right now. He made it so that she could. She was no longer barren. Okay, he yeah. he, he set that right. I don't know what word I'm trying to use. No, no, <laughs> but, um, I, no I know I know what you're saying. That, that he found a way scientifically to impregnate her i mean like 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 we said in the in the previous episode i i don't i don't think he raped scully i mean this this is this is the big thing to say and i i I don't think i don't necessarily think lots of fans think this either but i think they are they are very troubled by the the suggestion that he may have abused he may have abused her in that way and i and you know he he did didn't he i mean let's face it whatever whatever did happen you know and there was some there was some really interesting things chris carter has gone on record as saying that NME, this was all planned since NME. Well, I don't believe that for a second. Firstly, he didn't write NME. William B. Davis did. (laughs) Secondly, and William B. Davis has said in interviews since, I didn't really plan this. It just, you know, came out. But so the secondly, as you will have noticed, Andrew, because I know you you pick up on this, they went in and they re-edited certain parts of that that flashback in that they added added a reference to a housekeeper. Now, not everyone will get this. And this is one of the things that Chris Carter himself is being a bit post-truth because he's gone on record as saying, yeah, it was all planned, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's gone in, and fans will pick up on it, he's gone in and added a housekeeper suddenly to, to the, uh, the, the some of the lines in that season seven episode. So we're talking an episode that came out in 1999, okay, or 2000, okay? And also, 
there's just a couple of extra little lines or scenes, moments that don't quite fit that episode. So there's been some tinkering going on to, to retcon, to sell this point. So I, I don't think for one minute that the smoking man actually went in there and did, did something like that. I think he's found a way, you know, and it was interesting how in Enemy, he, he promises Scully the cure to all human disease. To me, that could well be the cure to the Spartan virus, if you want to look at it into, that, into those terms. So this, this could connect up in terms of the science being, being used. But I think, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. I think that's, that's more than likely what, what he's done. But it's whether, it's, whether he's, it's whether it is true and whether he's lying about it. And if he is lying about it, then what's he trying to get out of it, apart from William? And, what, and why would he want William? You know, what, what, is, what is William to these people? You know, what, what is William going to do? Ultimately, because his plan is to wipe clean humanity. Does he need William for some next evolutionary step? So William is a part of the chosen elite, right? He's protected just like Scully, his mother. I, I, I don't know. It almost seems like he just wants to get his little family together. I mean, as, as, as perverse as that sounds, it, it, I mean, it, you know, he obviously, like, like Monica says to him or questions him about, you know, do you love Scully? Are you in love with Scully or however she worded it? You know, it really hits on this, this idea of his, his really screwed up view of, of, of paternity and family, (laughs) you know? And I, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he wants William because he's, he's sees this. I mean, he does see himself as William's father, I guess, he, so he tells Skinner, um, like I said, that yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't well, know what to make of that. Could it be that, and this has just come to me, but could it be that he, he feels like William is the son he's chosen and the son that he's biologically created? You know, if he, he describes himself as God, you know, he wants to rule over the chosen elite as God and remake the world in his image. So does he consider William to be that perfect sort of son? When the two sons he did have, which he talks about, you know, he he very much puts Mulder and Spender in parallel at the start of the episode. You know, there's that whole suggestion that both of them have disappointed him as well. You know, he took, he 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 tried to, he basically killed Spender or tried to kill him at the end of one son when he failed him. At the end of the truth, he he gleefully, you know, enjoys Mulder learning that everyone's doomed, and now I've seen, now I see you broken. You know, that whole thing. So is it that he's those two sons who were born of women? He didn't. He, 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 they weren't his women, essentially. You know, Cassandra sort of just experimented on and tossed aside. Tina, he, you know, he had in, you know, he betrayed Bill Mulder and, and all that kind of thing. Is William that expression through Scully of that perfect child, that perfect son, who he will, he, he, he and William will, will rule the world together? You know, is that is that his ultimate plan? I, I think that's very fair. I mean, like he said, he he's the first superhuman child. I mean, he. Or he at least believes he is. I, I think that that's a very valid point, and I think it matches up with um, you know kind of how Chris Carter has portrayed William in season eight, season nine. You know where where you know how he has come to be and what exactly he is 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 called into question and again and again. <laughs> and um, I, I think that that jives pretty well with with how Chris Carter is is using. William in this new narrative could be. Yeah. I, I think he's using certain characters less well. I mean, we talked a bit about Skinner and how he gets more to do here, and he he's he's given this really difficult position he's put in, where the smoking man says to him, "You know, join my side." Oh, and by the way, uh, Mulder isn't William's dad. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry to land that one on you, Skinner. And there, Skinner's put in this this position. But then with Monica. I mean, a lot, a lot of people with Monica Reyes were suggesting that, you know, she's coming back in season 11 
Surely she's going to get redemption. Surely this this choice, this baffling choice that Chris Carter made, that was, like we said in the previous episode, was supposed to potentially be Marita Covarrubias, or so we've heard. Is this baffling choice about to make Monica Reyes the Smoky Man stooge going to be reversed? But if anything, she feels even more. She's conflicted. She questions him at mm-hmm. points about things, but she still puts a gun to Skinner's head. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that for one minute. Well, no, but I, I guess one thing. Uh watching her i had to remind myself okay really this is the first we are seeing of monica reyes because my struggle too was well it was all scully's head so you know she was a tool in in the vision i guess that i guess william had sent to, to scully but this is when we actually see okay this is this is what is actually happening this is reality within the x-files right now so this is the this is what you're seeing where monica is right now and so I think that that will lead. Uh, I know Annabeth Gish is in more than just um, the the two Myth Arc episodes. I know she's at least in episode six, uh, possibly another one. So it sounds like she's going to be a little bit more fleshed out, hopefully by the end of the season. Um, and hopefully there's some sort of confrontation between her and Mulder and Scully. Right now, Mulder and Scully have no idea she's a, an associate with with CSM. Only Mul- um, Skinner knows that. So I think that that sets the stage pretty nicely for some sort of epic showdown. Um, and I do agree that she is conflicted um, when she's in the car with a gun to um, to Skinner's head. Uh, and then I think he steals the gun away. And then before she gets out of the car, you know, he basically stares at her and in disbelief saying, you're a party to this or you're a part of this. And you, you a momentary facial twinge, I think you pick up on it. But I, you know, I know I know people who are. Uh, hashtag Reyes Redemption are really clinging to that as a you know evidence that you know we may not know her motives for going into this you know diabolical plan with him, but she's clearly having second thoughts. So I think yeah. that that will I think that will hopefully be addressed or at least explored a little bit more um, throughout the season. It may do, it may do, and it, you know it may fold into a little bit of what Skinner's going to go through as well because he's been put in that crook's position now of having this knowledge, this terrible knowledge if it's true that he can't, he's going to have to keep from Mulder and Scully. And I think Mitch Pileggi has described in interviews that Skinner's allegiances are going to kind of seesaw at times. And that maybe, in, in the classic you know, example of, of the Smoky Man having won over Skinner, which we saw in, in episodes like Zero Sum and things like that brilliantly in the past, he's kind of, it's kind of happening again now. He's got one over Skinner now. He can kind of, he knows that Skinner can't just go up to Mulder and Scully and go, oh, by the way... So it's it will be interesting to see where that goes, and it, it puts Skinner in a much more interesting position than he was last season. Last season he was just the boss again. Now, oh yeah, he's he's again in that middle distance between where Mulder and Scully are as a good guy, and then when the Smoking Man is, which is classic Skinner, which is where Skinner always was, and when he was at his best, that's where he always he always was. So it's great. I think that they've put him back in that position. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's much better than he he was he was very much underused and I would say wasted in um, season 10 and it was kind of insulting to the character I felt and uh, they're, they've definitely got him in a good role with some great acting for Mitch and just great character moments I think. Oh, episode 6 we have basically an origin story for Skinner. Um, it definitely has a myth arc bent to it with I believe Monica's going to be in that so you know I'm hoping we can really kind of explore a bit more about his character in the time since the truth and where we are now yeah I, I think we will i think we'll get some really good skinner skinner stuff this season so um plenty more to come from these guys and plenty more to talk about so uh so yeah that's um 
that's the the bad guys and the and the semi semi bad guy, the semi good guy, all done. And uh, we're going to be back for one last examination of My Struggle Three, and we're going to talk more about Chris Carter and some of the choices he's made um, because I think there's a deeper discussion that's worth having really about this in terms of My Struggle Three. So we'll be back tomorrow for our final bit of My Struggle Three coverage. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening, and remember, trust no one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.